Hey, everyone. Welcome to Bible and Breakfast. Really excited to have our guest today, Graham Maxwell. Uh, Graham is an assistant coach at Emmanuel College up in Georgia, and he's also a director for PGC Basketball. Uh, Graham's been a good friend of mine for several years now, ever since I was an assistant at Bob Jones, and I uh, love, love his friendship and love talking to him. So, Graham, thank you so much for being here today. Andrew, appreciate it, man. Yeah, really honored to be here. Yeah, so let's just start out. I know, you know, I know the summer's been really busy for you. Season ended. You guys into doing stuff for PC, and you know, obviously, this is a Bible and Breakfast podcast. So, can you just talk a little bit about, you know, your faith, how it translates to coaching, um, and then maybe just share a little bit about uh, some things that God's been teaching you lately? Yeah, uh, my faith is it is it is so big. You know, it's. It is, you know, the core of like what I do and who I am. And, you know, I think more and more as the life happens and the world happens and change and everything happens. Like I, that's the one thing I can go back to. I think for so long, like I put my trust and faith and hope and like other people. And that doesn't mean don't do that. Um, but there's like one like constant thing. And that's just, you know, my faith in the Lord. And so really my faith has meant so much to me because it's been able to keep me like one track minded and not be so concerned with, you know, the noise or everything else that's going on outside of like my life and what I'm doing right in front of me, which is really, really hard to do, uh, you know, especially in this basketball profession, but it is, it's, it's, helped keep me grounded. It's helped keep me focused on, you know, the main thing, which is, to impact lives. Obviously winning is great and I love to win. I'm super competitive, but it helps me keep the main thing, the main thing. And, and it helps me be focused, you know, at home as much as I possibly can as, you know, as a, uh, a husband and a father. And so, and my faith is obviously, it means everything to me. It keeps me centered. You know, the, the things that I've really been working through right now is, you know, how to, how to be present. It is, it has become more challenging to be present. You know, I find myself on my phone more. I find myself involved and in like scrolling more, obviously just, I just feel extremely distracted because I feel as though I'm being pulled in so many different ways and different avenues, really just because the recruiting has changed and trying to navigate this new way of recruiting, which it's not necessarily new for everybody, right? But it, it has been an adjustment for us a little bit. Um, so really just trying to, to keep up in that way. And so I think being being present has been something that is, yeah, I'm working through, but I know I've just called, I'm called to be even more present than I currently am. So I'm working through that right now. Yeah, no, I know I've heard a lot of coaches who are you know, feeling the same thing with the transfer portal being nonstop. And obviously the recruiting season is heated up and yeah, the, the game of college basketball has just changed in that aspect. And so many guys are struggling with that, myself included. Um, what are some things, you know, I know you have some great mentors around you. You have some great people around you on a daily basis, but is there anything that's been encouraging to hear, you know, that's just kind of lifted you up and, and helped you push through these times? Yeah, I've been, I have been really, really lucky. Like I'm, I am in no way, shape or form. Do I take credit for anything? I feel like I'm one of the luckiest guys on the planet because I am surrounded by so many like unbelievable, like men of God 
that also win a lot of games that also impact a ton of lives. And so I feel as though like I'm just extremely lucky because they pour into me every single day, you know, and there's several I can go down the list, but they just they pour into me every day. Now, what's been hard at times is I'm not them. And so that can be a little discouraging, like, oh, man, they got it together. They can do A, B and C and I can't do A, B and C. And so that is that has been something I've been trying to navigate through as well. Um, but, you know, just some encouraging, you know, encouraging pieces. I, I've been doing some devotionals with a, a great friend and mentor of mine, um, Sam Allen. And, uh, you know, we're we've just been going through some different things. And one of the things we've really been focused on is just having like patience and joy, you know, in the moment. And it's hard to have joy in the moment if we're not patient. You know, and it's hard to have joy in the moment if we're not present in the moment. And so just that that to me has been something that has been really impactful is having someone else along that journey with you. You know, there's, you know, the the Bible talks a ton about, you know, being wise and like being filled with wisdom and and, and knowledge and things like that. I think one of the best, one of the one of the wisest decisions that I can make and all of us can make specifically as men is to go on a journey with other men, you know, to walk alongside them. I mean, the, the world just feels extremely lonely, right? There's, there's so many, and we were just talking about how many people are getting out of coaching because they feel alone and we're not created to do life alone. And so we just we have to do life with with other men. And that to me has been a blessing. And and I wouldn't say it's like one specific quote or one specific verse. I just think it's, man, doing this thing every single day with other men going along in the same journey. They pick me up when I need them. You know, I'll pick them up when when they need to be picked up. But, you know, also challenging each other, encouraging each other that that is that is so important especially today because it just feels everyone just feels so alone. Yeah. Having those mentors in your life is so important. And I've, you know, I've been blessed as well to have so many men in my life pouring into me and and teaching Mm -hmm. me and giving me that wisdom from a biblical perspective. But I've also had some seasons where I have felt that loneliness and maybe I haven't pursued mentorship as much, or I haven't, you know, those relationships were a little bit uh, on the rocks or something. And like, you know, it is so important to have those people around you because when they're not, you can definitely get into a, a different place and you can feel differently. So um, I would encourage anybody listening to, you know, if you have mentors, make sure you're, you're reaching out to them, talk with them, uh, challenge each other. It's not just a one-way street, but it's a, it's a two-way street. You know, you, you mentor each other. Uh, but if you don't have any mentors, you know, go, go find one, go ask someone, because I know for me, when people ask me to mentor them, I don't feel, I don't feel qualified. I don't feel like I'm able to, but it means a lot. And it, it's not only encouraging to them, but it's encouraging to me. So I know somebody would love to be asked uh, to be a mentor. But, you know, you kind of talked about these people you have, and you've been so lucky to be a part of some of, in my opinion, some of the best basketball cultures that I've been around mm-hmm. to with, you know, being with TJ Rosine at Emmanuel College and then getting the chance to work with all those guys at PGC Basketball. Um, I just love the culture. And we hear that term so much in basketball. Every coach talks about it. Every program wants it, but very few actually exemplify what it means to have that culture. Can you kind of talk about 
what culture really means to you? Why do you feel like the organizations you've been a part of um, just kind of separate themselves from the others? Yeah. Yeah, man. That's yeah, a great question. Like you said, I've, I've been so lucky to be involved with, you know, for an extended period of time now with, you know, PGC basketball and the camps and things that we run. And then also, you know, Addy Manuel as a player and as a coach, the two things that I really believe that make PGC and Emmanuel, cause they're so, they're so close, right? They're very, now Emmanuel isn't exactly PGC and PGC is not exactly Emmanuel, but I do believe the cultures are very similar and the things that, you know, we value at both, you know, the first thing I would really say that makes Emmanuel and PGC stand out is the understanding of who you're talking to as another individual, you know, getting specific, like getting, we always say like, you know, seek to understand or check for understanding. Like you're, you're always talking to somebody, right? Like how, how, what is the best way that I can relate to this person or what's the best way I can get to know this person? You know, they don't, people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. I mean, that's one of the first things I learned coming into Emmanuel is I had to, I needed these people to know these players to know, like I care about them, you know, and it's not just so that they'll do this for me. It's, no, if, if we want to do life together, if we want to impact their life, they got to know I'm on the same team as them. And so that's the first thing is really understanding who you're talking to. Um, and along with that, like, you know, always really always given like the why behind the what. And that seems like a very like basketball term, like, OK, we're, we're not just going to do a drill for the sake of doing, but we need to tell the why behind the what. But to me, it's deeper than that. To me, that's a culture thing. You know, we every year we start off and we have our team meetings and we talk about who they represent off the floor, who they represent out of the gym. And we give the why behind the what. And there's like no stone unturned. I remember several years ago, we were out at the NCCAA, like national championship, like the tournament, the national tournament. And, you know, we flew up to Indiana and as soon as we landed, we had like a practice and we went back to our hotel room and we had this huge team meeting and the team meeting was around how some of our guys, we got up before the people that were ahead of us and we actually walked ahead of them instead of like being patient and waiting and just always finding life lessons to put other people before ourselves. And so that to me is just, you know, always giving the why behind the what and, and actually understanding who you're talking to. You know, those, those two things kind of go together. But really, I think the second thing that I really believe makes, uh, you know, PGC and Emmanuel stand out, and they're by no stretch of the imagination perfect at all. Um, but I kind of equate this to, like, at the end of the game, you know, if a team who's up big, they end up losing a game, the, the common phrase is, oh, well, they didn't, they didn't play to win. They were playing not to lose, right? The thing I love about Emmanuel and PGC, specifically Emmanuel, is, you know, we do life and we we play the game to win and we we're we're on the attack. And what we're on, what I mean is we're on the attack. We're always looking ahead for like what thing can go wrong and how can we prevent that from going wrong? Now, if it does go wrong or there's conversations that need to be had, we are not afraid to have what we call like breakthrough conversations. You know, we are not afraid to 
bring situations to light in front of our whole team or we're not afraid to call guys into the office or coaches you know me and coach rosine have had several of these as well like we're not afraid to attack things head on where i i believe a lot of people would would skirt around it and honestly that's something i've had to learn because i feel like i'm a nice guy (laughs) i want people to like me and so that's an area where i've had to grow is because i could just kind of skirt around some issues but you know the mentors in my life have really challenged me to you know really focus in on calling people up and and addressing things head on and not letting things just kind of sit there because it'll it'll eat away at your culture so i know pgc does that really well um and and so does emmanuel yeah and i you know i hear you talk about that and i I'm sitting here thinking of different programs I've been a part of, programs I've been around, hearing other coaches talk about culture. And and oftentimes I think a lot of coaches will will jump right to number two, that thing that you were talking about confronting and they want to attack. Like a lot of people attack problems head on, but they failed to do that step number one, which is Mm -hmm. getting to their hearts. And they focus on developing players on the floor, getting their skills right. But very few people you know, go and just see what's going on with this player's heart because, you know, you and I know that feel the heart right. These, these, these kids understand the right mindset, what it means to, to be a good person. Sometimes that other stuff doesn't carry over and it's really hard to confront and have those difficult conversations in your office when things do go wrong. If you don't have the right mindset, you know, when, when things That's go right. bad, a lot of people just revert to responding in a, in a poor way. They get frustrated, mm-hmm. they get upset with each other, they take it personal, and, and that doesn't do anyone any good. So I think that's so important about that that relationship you're talking about. And, you know, can you kind of just share, I know you said you've you've kind of had to grow in some of these areas, and obviously being around some of these these guys every day, you've got to see them handle these situations. You've got to hear them talk to you about different situations, but was there a moment or something that you can kind of remember like, okay, this is when it clicked. This is what I heard. This is what happened where, you know, the change for you, or has it just been a, you know, a, a gradual process over the years? Yeah, it's been, I would say it's definitely been a gradual process. Um, so my first year of coaching, I, you know, I just got done playing. I was like one of two seniors and we had like seven freshmen my senior year. So I jumped after I got done playing, I jumped right into coaching the same guys I had just played with. Um, and and I was still in that like phase of like I was kind of their buddy, you know, and, and luckily I had a lot of grace extended to me throughout that time. Um, but really, I, I believe it is a gradual process like that first year looking back now, like I challenged guys occasionally, like probably rarely because I was figuring out my new role. Um, but just as, as things have gone on, like I've, it it isn't like a, like, oh man, this one moment, like, okay, now it really is gradual. And it's, it's little things like becoming a more confident, like ref in practice. You know, I think that's a, that's a thing that helped me become more confident who I am as a coach. You know, it's the, you know, there's been several seasons where we do like weekly coaching, with coach Rosine and myself, like, here's what I've done. Well, like, here's what I need to do to improve. So it's just like constant, constant, you know, uh, just life giving conversations being poured into me. Uh, And really it's fighting for it every day. Like there's no, like your foot's not off the gas, your foot's got to be on the gas if you want to improve. And 
Um, and it doesn't mean like, don't sit back and be like, man, I've grown. Like I'm, I'm happy. I'm proud of myself. Like it doesn't mean don't ever do that. It means you just, you got to constantly be looking forward. Um, I think getting married <laughs> probably helped uh, just being, being able to have more like direct conversations. Cause it's not about me anymore. I think having kids probably helped uh, because you got to have a different level of conversations. And so Really, I would say probably the biggest thing is being able to be coached up in my role. What have I done well, not done well? And then life, you know, life happens. And so just trying to take those conversations and little wins every day in my own personal life and make sure they can translate over to the coaching profession as well. Yeah. How do you how do you sustain the culture? Because I know, you know, we talk about getting to this point and we talk about the process. And, you know, I think from year to year, some teams can have a really good culture if they get the right group of guys. But then the next year, you know, they lose some guys or some guys come in and it's different. But, you know, you've been, again, with some some organizations that have sustained culture for year after year after year. And that's in the the era of college basketball, just with turnover every year. And, you know, you have four year players at the most and then they're gone and then you got new guys. But how do you how do you sustain it? What are some of the, the thoughts behind that? Don't you can't sacrifice values. You know, you, you, that to me has been the biggest thing. Like what we value are guys that are open to learning and growing. And they have what we what we talk about every single day. We write this on the board. You know, they have like an attitude of gratitude just to be able to play the game of basketball. And so what our core values are is we, we don't we don't let anybody slide. You know, everyone, everyone's got to be pulling in the same direction. And the moment you start to let a couple guys off of that, I think that's the moment when culture starts to really break. So it's you hear it all the time, like you have to fight for your culture every single day that that's how it is sustained is you have to fight for it every day. And to us, there's a lot of little things that are big things where we're not naive. Like there's a lot of things that we care about. Other programs probably don't care about. And there's things that they care about. We probably don't care about. But for our values, who we are as people, we fight for those little things, even if they're not that big of a deal but they're a big deal for our culture. And so it's, it's an everyday thing, but we don't, we don't let up or let off who we are. And, and it starts in the recruiting process. You know, this whole, how the recruiting and everything has changed. This has been an adjustment period for us because we've typically been like high school guys and we still recruit high school guys and we've offered high school guys. Um, we haven't landed many <laughs> or any yet so far. And so, We've had some you know, good transfers that we've signed already, but in those conversations, we are very open and honest. We're not telling guys that they're the greatest things since sliced bread. We're telling them, here's who we are about. If you want to be a part of this, here's what needs to happen. If not, you know, this isn't the right place. And so it starts in the recruiting process. Some may look at that like, man, that's not like a great way to recruit, but guys know what to expect when they come in. There's no surprises. And so when we hold them to that standard, uh, they knew the standard from the very first phone call that we had. Yeah, no, I think that's that's so powerful. And I think that transparency and that honesty right from the get go is, so. you know, I had to learn that at Bob Jones because there were some things, you, you know, and a lot of schools go through this. They want to hide like at Bob Jones. I had I wanted to hide the rules like there was yeah, a lot of rules yeah. kids had to follow by at 
other places it's man we we want to try and keep them away from the facilities we want to try and keep them away from this part the dorms whatever it might be and i think just saying this is who we are this is what we expect this is how we're going to hold you accountable lay it all out on the table you might lose some kids that way but i think you know in the long run that's going to be a benefit and you don't want to hold on to something if it's if it's not going to work out for both sides um last thing before we let you go can you just give some advice maybe to some young coaches obviously you know both myself and you got into coaching right after college and you know had to coach our peers and then you you go through the ranks and um, can you just give some advice for guys who maybe are just beginning their college coaching career um, who, you know, maybe they're unsure if they want to keep it going or, you know, whatever you might have to say, but we'd love to hear you share that. Yeah, man, that's a good question. Um, you know, I question whether or not I want to be a college coach every single year. <laughs> so <laughs> I know my, and, and uh, every year I go into TJ's office, I'm like, Hey man, I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is it. Uh, then he always reels me back in. Uh, but I, I do remember my, my, so I did something really good my first year of college coaching and I did something not great my first year of college coaching. I think both serve as for young coaches. You know, the thing I did really, really well is I didn't pretend that I knew it all. You know, I didn't act like I knew it all. The thing I did where it's probably not true, but I labeled myself this. I was the best rebounder in the entire country. I would get into guys and I would rebound like crazy, you know, and and even if I didn't know everything about like how to make them better, the one thing I did is I just rebounded and I just gave a ton of encouragement. You know, I'd I'd get in there and Hey, get guys in there working out and before practice after, I mean, I was just, I was an unbelievable rebounder. And what that did is that built up my confidence and it built up the relationship. And so, so many times people feel like, you know, I don't know how to add value or I don't really know what to do. And we get caught in the minutia of everything away from the floor where you got to keep the main thing, the main thing. And for me, what I knew how to do is rebound. And so many other distractions can get a sidetrack from why we actually are coaching in the beginning in the first place, which is for I don't know everyone's something different for everybody for me it was the impact lives the way my life had been impacted and the best way I knew how to do that is just to be a great rebounder and so honestly that's the first thing I would say is be a great rebounder because everybody wants to they want to be the one to draw up the X's and no plays they want to be the one to bring in these recruit but like before those things actually happen there's got to be a base of doing something really really well to carry that momentum. And I believe just rebounding for players is a great way to carry that momentum. So that's the first thing I would say, you know, second thing I would say kind of going into the beginning or like mid midway through my first year of coaching, you know, I was unsure if I wanted to do it. And I reached out to kind of a mentor of mine who was out of the basketball world, didn't have anything to do with it. And, you know, I asked him like, man, I don't know if this college coaching is for me. Like, this is really hard. Like, I didn't expect all this. I just knew I liked basketball. <laughs> and he asked me a question. He said, you know, are you giving this job? Are you doing everything you can possibly do? Like, are you exhausting all resources? Are you giving this thing all you can? And, you know, I was like, I don't know, but I'm going to think about it. And I remember calling him back and I was like, hey, I'm going to be honest. Like, there's a lot of things I'm not doing. Like I'm not giving this job all I can offer. And he said, well, you don't truly know 
if you like or love this job, uh, uh, you know, enough right now to stay in it or leave if you're not giving it, if you're not giving it your all. And that has stuck with me. You know, there's going to be so many points in our life. I think about that in my marriage. I think about that as a father. Like there's there's always going to be doubts. There's always going to be things that creep into our mind. But are we giving this job coaching? Are we giving, you know, our marriage or what? Any, this, this can relate to anything in life. But are we giving this job all we can offer before we truly decide that we like it or not? Before we truly decide, like, is this the right fit? I hear all the time, like people go into different jobs and things and they're like, oh, man, this isn't. But like, are they giving that place all they can offer? Right. If they're not, then how do they know that it is is or isn't the right fit? And so to me, that is a big thing is give that place. It goes back to what we talked about in the beginning, being present. Like, are you present enough to give that situation, that conversation, that person, whatever, that little detail? Are you doing it to the best of your ability? And if you're not, then I think it's hard to gauge how good of a job you're actually doing or we're doing. Or is that situation the right fit? Man, that's so good. That's so powerful. And you've shared some really good stuff today, Graham, some things that have resonated with me. And I think that will will resonate with a lot of the people listening. So thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much for your wisdom. And I, I appreciate you. You're a great dude and, and love always spending time with you. But thanks for being on today. Yeah, man. Sam here, Andrew. I appreciate you, brother.